Thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. We pray that God uses Dean and his guests to inform and inspire you about the EPC and how God is working in and through our global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you again, Rachel Joseph. And thank you, my friends, for joining us for a special edition of In All Things, a holiday edition. And when this episode originally drops, it would be on the Friday after Christmas. Now, I know how podcasts work. You may be tuning into this in February or March or a year from the original drop date. But to place it in its context, this is a podcast of a more devotional nature. Typically, our podcasts are conversational. There's usually someone sitting across the table from me. And right now, it's just me and you sitting down together, perhaps with a cup of coffee after the chaos of the holidays is sort of past, or maybe a pause between the storms as you're recovering from Christmas and yet still preparing for maybe your first night service or for New Year's Eve. We're just grateful that you joined us wherever you are, whether you're out walking off some of the Christmas cookies that you've eaten or whether you're sitting there with a cup of hot cocoa and maybe some cider, eggnog, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, the fact that you've chosen to join us, we are deeply grateful. We don't take that for granted, but you're not alone. You're, you're with people from more than 46 countries around the world who choose to tune in on a regular basis, more than 20,000 downloads of people who are part of this conversation and they listen in and they share it with others and we're a pretty low budget lean (laughs) uh, podcast we don't have any official sponsors although sitting here in our global command center which is basically a cleaned out closet by the way we do have a framed one dollar bill from tom ricks and the church health people they're our official sponsors a few others have said they were going to sponsor us but we're still waiting on some follow-throughs on that so but we always do a sponsorship just in case and our sponsorship today for this podcast is brought to you by the office of the general assembly the office of the general assembly is in orlando florida if you did know that and it services not only the ministries of the general assembly including all of our permanent committees like our ministerial vocations committee that helps oversee the ordination and care process for pastors and ordinands but our committees like fraternal relations that care deeply about how we are connecting with our brothers and sisters around the globe and carrying out the great commission or our disaster relief committee one of our newer ones our next gen committee the revelation 7 9 team there's a lot of different ways in which the general assembly has said here is how we want to live out our life together and carrying out the great commission but the office of the general assembly also includes two things that are a part of the epc but also have kind of a singular purpose and focus and one is what we call world outreach which works with our 150 plus global partners all around the world going to some of the hardest places places where there are uh, least access to the gospel and we also support another entity called bri benefits resources inc where we care for our global partners and our chaplains and our church planters and our pastors and church staff by providing healthcare benefits and retirement benefits. And boy, those people in BRI and World Outreach and the whole office of the General Assembly work hard because we are here to serve you. We exist to serve you. 
The mission of the EPC is to carry out the Great Commission, and the mission of the Office of the General Assembly is we exist to serve those who carry out the Great Commission. And so we hope that you'll explore the ministries of the EPC by going to epc.org, or if you call the office and you need help with anything from health care benefits to human resources, we would be delighted to come alongside of you and serve you because we exist to serve those who carry out the Great Commission. Well, we've come out of our Christmas celebration, my friends, and I'm always loving one of my favorite texts and celebrating as we enter into this season of Christmas tide, which just started a couple of days ago, and we're deeply in that all the way up to the season of Epiphany, the season where we have that next movement of the church's life together and the liturgical calendar. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's stay right where we are in this season of Christmas tide. And remember, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as the only son of the father full of grace and truth. And then a little further down in John 1:16, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. I love that. From his fullness, the father didn't withhold from us. He wasn't stingy. He wasn't reserved. He lavished upon us the greatest gift of all times, the gift that doesn't go away, the gift that transcends and transforms, the gift that ultimately cost him his own son. It's from that fullness. You and I don't just have grace. Oh, we do have grace. (laughs) But we have grace upon grace. I love that. God came to dwell among us that out of his fullness we might experience grace upon grace. I hope that was your experience during this Christmas celebration, whether you're a Christmas Eve person or a Christmas morning person. or It's just that time of worship launches you off into some really good family time, time away from work. The Office of the General Assembly is off this week, actually. We want to have our hardworking, dedicated staff to spend time with their families as they worship the newborn king, our Messiah, Emmanuel Jesus, who's come to be with us, the light of the world, the one who became flesh and dwelled among us, the glory of the one and only from the Father. We want them to have that fullness. I hope you've had that. I hope that's been your experience. But we're in that place now where we're heading up to another holiday, if you will. It's just in a couple of days. It's not a Christian holiday per se, but actually a lot of Christians, particularly in the African-American community, have big worship services on what you and I call New Year's Eve. It's called the first night, first watch service. And that can be a huge celebration in some of our Christian communities. And the the Jewish people celebrated the beginning of the new year. A lot of cultures celebrate the beginning of a new year. So while it's not explicitly a biblically mandated celebration, I think as Christians, we can come into a new year both looking back with reflection and thoughtfulness and appreciation and gratitude, taking in full stock of what has happened in the last year, all the wonderful things, all the hard things, all the difficult and troubling things, all of it. We can look back, reflect on that. But we can also begin to look forward with some optimism or some hope for the year that's before us and see opportunities that God has for us. And New Year provides us that kind of opportunity for that kind of fresh looking back, looking forward, next step. And so for our devotion today, I'd like you to consider the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter 21, I read from John's 
writings in his gospel, looking back on the fullness of God, grace upon grace, dwelling with us in John chapter 1. But John would, at the end of his life on the island of Patmos, pen these words to be a pastoral encouragement to a church that was under persecution, a church that was suffering, and people that were dealing with some really, really hard things that were testing their faith. And toward the end of that book, chapter 21, John writes these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first earth had passed away, the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. All things. You may not have known this about me, but Beth and I were married on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, 1988. And oh my goodness, I will never forget it. It's maybe an image imprinted on my mind and heart more than any other in all of my days, is that picture of my bride coming down the aisle. Oh, she owned the moment. She just was beaming, and everybody in the place turned around and watched her come down the aisle, and she just was fully in that moment. And I was just overtaken, overtaken by her beauty and what a gift it was that God would allow me to share my life with someone so amazing. And I have to tell you, growing up as a father, and I have seven kids, four of which are daughters, and two of them are married so far, and So I've had the experience of being the father who walks the daughter down the aisle. It's a very different experience than being the one at the other end of the aisle. And I will tell you what I love about that, and I've had it happen twice now, is looking down the other end of the aisle and seeing that man standing there waiting for my daughter who had the same look on his face that I had on my face years earlier, overwhelmed with the grace of God and the gift that is the bride. And I think about on this time as we move from Jesus coming the first time and you and I live in that space where we're waiting for him to come a second time. We've gone from Advent to Christmas to really a second Advent where we're waiting for him to come again. And what we long for in that return is what Revelation refers to as a wedding feast where the bride and the groom come together. And when that happens, John hears this voice crying out from heaven saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. Now that should sound familiar to you. (laughs) Hopefully you were listening in earlier on when we started this devotion from John chapter 1. Remember John chapter 1, 14? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Scholars talk a lot about that word dwelt and its etymology or its word history. And it relates back to the Old Testament, to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting where God dwelled amidst his people. And if you didn't know this, as 
God's people were moving throughout the wilderness. The tent of meeting, the tabernacle, was right in the middle of God's people. Typically, they were arranged with three tribes to the north and three tribes to the south and three tribes to the west and three tribes to the east. Military terms, they called that a phalanx. It was a brilliant military move if you're moving through enemy territories to kind of protect yourselves. But it was more than just some sort of military strategy. This was literally God in the midst of his people, dwelling in the midst of his people. Later, that mobile structure would be replaced with a permanent structure in the temple city on a hill and peoples would gather all around it and the holy city was formed and shaped by this temple on mount zion but jesus would come as a temple not made with human hands and he would be dwelling in the midst of his people and as we look back on his birth and we recognize that that dwelling was god's glory among us full of grace and truth We look forward and we realize that when he comes again, the dwelling of God will be with us in fullness. And then there's this beautiful covenant language. It's the language of the covenant. God himself will be with them and they will be his people. He is our God. We are his people. And when that day comes beautiful picture of the tears being wiped away, death being gone. Spiritual death is already gone for us, but physical death, gone. No more pain, no more crying. And then this statement, the old order has passed. Behold, I am making all things new. All things The Greek there is the Greek words ta-pontas. There's nothing outside of ta-pontas. It's inclusive of everything. There's nothing outside of that. It's the same words that are used in the passage that frames this podcast. In Colossians 1, 15 and 16, all things have been created through him and for him. In fact, when you go back to John chapter 1, we learn that God made everything. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness would not overcome it. That same Jesus that came into the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. All things were created through him. All things. That's what we try to touch on in this podcast Yes, it's to the EPC and our friends and family who listen in over our shoulders to these family conversations, but it's your work, it's your play, it's your desires, it's your hopes, your dreams, it's your physical life, your spiritual life. It's all of life under the redemption of Christ. He makes all things new. Going into this new year, that's a point of reference. We move from the coming to dwell among us, full of grace and truth of Christmas, to the behold, I make all things new as we move into the new year. So may that be your point of reflection. May you look at all things, your whole life under the Lordship of Christ. Maybe you look at every aspect of your being, that which is visible and invisible, 
the way you think about relationships, the way you think about your money, the way you think about politics, the way you think about social issues, the way you think about your job, the way you think about everything. Because the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, tapantas, all things, have been created through him and for him. He is before tapantas, all things, and in him, tapantas, all things hold together. For he is the head of the body of the church. And then he tells us at the very end of the book, he is making tapantas, all things, You might be inclined to think, because this is a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church and the motto of our family of churches is in the essentials unity and the non-essentials liberty and all things charity or love, you might be tempted to think that this podcast is an homage to our motto and all things love. That's true. We hope that that is a defining cultural identity of the EPC, that we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable, that we can have discussions and and deliberations on super important things, kingdom things, eternal things, important things. But do it in a loving way. People out there with a lot of truth and not a lot of love, and people out there with what they think is a lot of love, but they've abandoned the truth. And we're people who are called to live into those realities together, that tension lived out in us grace and truth in all things. But we can only love in all things because, and I close with these words, my friend, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, and in all things will be made new again. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and they are for him. Jesus is before all things. And in him, all things hold together and he will make all things new for he is the head of the body, the church. I hope that you've had a blessed Advent and now Christmas tide season, and that as you come into the celebration of your new year, the focus of your heart's desires and meditations will be on the one who makes all things new. It's in his name, the name of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who made all things head of the body of the church our savior jesus until the next time we gather in the new year i bid grace and peace to you thank you again for joining us on behalf of the entire team please join us for our next episode for more information about the epc including a directory of local churches online resources and much more visit our website at www.epc.org I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.